million dollar agent, the podcast. So to everyone that's tuning in and you've been waiting for around seven and a half weeks for this week's episode, well, we're here. Now I'm going to put it out there, Troy and John. When I was in Melbourne on Saturday, I finished um, and I was having dinner and there was a gentleman sitting next to me. His name was Damien Pataro, and he's out in Mildura. And Damien Pataro said, I don't want to sound like I'm nagging and whinging, but he said, my whole real estate life is built around million-dollar agent podcast. He said, I came with no one that had training. I consumed this content. And then I said, oh, we started in 2.15. He said, no, you didn't. You started in 2.13. He actually knew when we started. And he said, what I'd love to know is how do I get you guys to do it every week? He goes, he goes, I said, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna come up with something special. We're gonna be doing it every week next year. You're gonna be getting it same time. He said, do that. No need to come up with anything special. He said, you just do it as you're doing it. Like right. uh, yeah, he said, doing as you're doing. Nice Thank you, Damien. That's, Thanks, that's Damien. lovely feedback. And I always get I get chuffed when I bump into people and they say, oh, you know, we heard it on MDA. I think sometimes we underestimate the connections that have been formed through this. And so that's great. We're, we're all honoured. And as you said, Tom, we have brainstormed with Susan um, how we can upgrade without losing the authenticity, but upgrade what we're doing next year. So stand by, Damien, and others. But today, I... I we're going to talk a little bit about how do you get your stock sold between now and Christmas. But before we do that, Tommy, you know, shout out from all of us to you. Well done on the block. You uh, you killed it and your team won. They they didn't win by a bit. They won by a mile. A I wanted to just get, because, you know, I have a history, as you know, with the block as well as a judge, um, you know, a few years ago going backwards. But a lot of people ask questions or they wonder about the auction. So I, I wanted to start and Troy, you'll chime in at any time. Mm. How do you get picked as the auctioneer? Was that a relationship? I know you've done it before, but what was the process for you to get a Guernsey on the block that you won on the weekend? Okay. So I've only done it two times, this year and last year. And um, um, But I have been asked to do it previously. So sometimes it's come from the contestant, um, where they've actually uh, are aware of you, probably through social media um, yeah. or something else, because they're not real estate agents. Um, so it's not through through Eric. And there are other times where I think people that are involved in the show uh, ask the contestants, ask who should I get, and they'll I think they'll say, hey, you know, this guy's in Sydney, this guy's here, he's an independent. Um, so this one this year, did the contestant or the agent invite you or ask you? Uh, this year it was the contestant. So what actually what actually happened is I'd um, sold a property. The brother of one of the contestants saw me. He was upset because he said he paid too much for it. He said, uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 then there was a connection on social media, and they came out uh, John to a cafe that you and I have and Troy I think met there a few times. Uh, Hungry Grasshopper at Haberfield, and they actually said, you know, we, we've been chosen to be a contestant on on the block. Would you do it? Um, I really yeah, like was it. Was this early in the whole thing or towards the auction day? Or was this no, right, right at the start. So they, they hadn't even picked the agent. They hadn't picked the builder. 
They actually said we're picking we're picking the auctioneer first. We're picking the auctioneer okay. first. And so, you get paid to do that? Did you, is it just an honorary thing or do you get paid? So I haven't even sent, like, to be honest with you, I haven't sent, I don't even know what, what deal. Um, I'll just send, I'll just send a standard uh, standard auction fee. Um, so we'll put it this way for anyone that's watching, if you're in Sydney and the block's in Melbourne and it's about commercial, 90 you you, you make 90% less that 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 week, and that doesn't include your airfares and your travel. It's not like if you think that Channel 9 gives you a fifty thousand dollar fee to be an auctioneer on the show. No, no, no. You get it, you get it. I I did I did judging for the best part of 12 years and never never got a cent. But I'm not complaining because David and Julian, uh, the producers and Justin and Wonderful people. Julian's still there, John. Julian's still there. Julian's still the the main guy. Yeah, great, great people. And um, I loved it. It was a great journey. Um, But, yeah, you're not going to retire on the zero that you get paid. Um, There's a lot of fuss made, tell me, about the order of sale, and they all jostle for positions. Now, as you look back, having been an auctioneer, thought about it, do you think it matters where you order or do you think it's just the best property wins? Best property wins. So they 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 rang me up on uh, Wednesday last week, and they said to me, um, "I'm letting you know the order's just been given. We're property number one." And um, they said, "What's your what's your initial feeling?" I said, "What time?" They said, "Around nine nine o'clock." And I said, "Well, I wish it wasn't first. And they said, "Why is that?" Because I said. Um, they said the, the person that won guessing who should go first actually chose us to go first and they've chosen them to go second because they believe that second can see what the first one went for and um, they acknowledged that that was the case. They they wish they hadn't gone first and also said going first, does that mean I've got to go there the night before? But that's a side issue. <laughs> um, and, so uh, it was actually filmed on the Saturday and then airs on the Sunday, right? Correct. Yep. Does that mean you couldn't auction the day before in Sydney? You had to. No, so so the auction was on Saturday. Yes. So you had to go down Friday night. I had to go Friday night. Yeah, so you didn't auction in Sydney on Saturday. No, I didn't auction in Sydney on Saturday uh, because, well, if you could just picture, you know, by the time it all starts, and realistically we ended up starting quite late because one of the guys that's very famous, known for the block called Danny, ended up showing up late and Channel 9 kept saying, we're not starting without him being here. So it was all delayed by 40 minutes and uh, he made a grandstand appearance, walked in with his entourage and um, everyone's just sitting there. So just picture everyone's just sitting there waiting. They're all saying, no, we're waiting for Danny. I didn't even think Danny, Danny was never considered to be a bidder on the property that I had. Like I, I never even thought he was, he was a bidder. They said, oh, we're waiting for, for Danny. And he, and he entered with his, um, his entourage and um, he's got two dogs that he brings with him. Um, and um, yeah. So, and by the time. So saw- the first time you saw it was it the morning of, or you'd never seen it before. No, I saw it two months ago. I was in, Mel- I was in Melbourne. Um, for some work, and um, it's only 35 minutes from, 40 minutes from um, the city of Melbourne, and um, I had a look at the property then. And when when you saw it finished on on the Saturday morning, what was your impression when you first walked in? Did you think you had the winner? 
hundred percent. I thought so. So so let me go back a step. When I accepted, when I accepted to do the auction, before I accepted, what I did is I rang up a couple of agents in that area, and I said, "This is where the property is." I said, "There's five because this time it was different. It was rural. It was a tree change, country area, and." It was all about the block of land where it's located. And they said that block of land has uninterrupted views. All the others look at each other. So straight yeah. away, they said, if you're going to be auctioning one of those, that's the one you want to have. And yeah. basically, as soon as that happened, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So <laughs> there was a little bit of, you know, being selective about knowing that you had a decent chance of, of doing doing well. And um, John, why, why do you think yours? Why do you think yours went so far above the rest? Because they all had the same reserve. The reserves put on by value or in advance. Why do you think, other than your great auctioneering, why do you think yours was just so extraordinarily above the rest? Was it just luck of the draw? You just had the two buyers that were gonna were so, gonna miss. It? I have a I have a view that that property was at least half a million dollars better than the rest. So. Yeah. I was very pleasant to see that the reserves were all the same. The reserves were four million and eighty for all of them. Yeah. Um, tennis court, basketball court, golf putting green, par three. Sorry, a proper hole, three par three golf course, uninterrupted views, and um, they'd also won two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of kitchen appliances. So their kitchen was the best, and they were known as the bathroom kings. So all these main things, uninterrupted use, the best block of land, best bathroom, um, all of that, and they had a bit of a buzz about them. So if you go on a social media, they had five to ten times more social media engagement than all the other contestants. And, you know, let's be very clear. That's not a normal, John, if you'd been there and a judge, that's not a normal auction. You've got two types of people. Some put buyers advocates because they want to stay behind the scenes, but there are others, example, um, Adrian Portelli, the guy that some people said, oh, is he real the, when when he's turned around? I mean, this guy was bidding. He, the property was on the market right on the first bid. This was selling right from the outset. And Adrian Portelli had a T-shirt with his company name on there. And he was sitting there right in front of the camera, right? And then they've actually got Danny next to him. So you've got this competitive tension. And um, I think it was a wise thing to say, and I, and I think it might have been edited out. I said, I think today we've got a new king of the block. I think there's a changing of the guard here today, ladies and gentlemen. And it just started to get really heated. He, um, um, So what's the reason it went? Two people wanted the best property. And what happened is um, Danny paid a lot of money for the first one. And I think what's happened then, it's, it's impacted what he'd spend on the other properties because he actually literally said it to me. He actually, we, we spent a bit of time talking. He said, um, I'm going to be spending less now to make up for yeah. over. He, he knew he'd, he knew he paid. Did he, did he buy any others on the night or on the day? He bought, uh, uh, I think he bought one other one, didn't he? Yeah. He, bought, he bought one, he bought one other one. Right, right. Um, okay, well, congratulations, well done, Troy and I. We're just going to toot our little uh, little trumpet. Troy and I did an auction on the weekend together. We did teamwork, twenty million and five thousand. Tracy Dixon. Uh, it was good. Now it was good fun because uh, we had a strategy chat with Tracy the night before, and it looked like it was going to be kind of tricky. And I said to Troy, "Look, I'll come along and we'll work out who does the auction on the day." And 
spoke to Tracy and she was happy anyway. Troy and I did it together. I called it and Troy supported me there and um, started. And we did rock, paper, scissors to find out who was going to call it and John Wow. That's it. No, just joking. I figured uh, (laughs) it was a pretty important one. And so to be there and supporting John was um, was, was fun. Second highest, Troy. I think Anna Anderson, who's yeah. our head of property PR, she just sent a little list. I think it's the second highest. It was, uh, in fact, Lisa Novak, Lisa, who will be seen tomorrow. Lisa, I think, had uh, her company, Novak's, did the highest, was Manly, about 22 mil. Mm-hmm. And ours was the second highest under the hammer in the last 12 months. So it was good. I guess the only reason I'm saying it, not, not for any glory for Troy and I, but, you know, um, things are still selling. And we've been yeah. saying this week in, week out. On MDA, if you get it right, Alex Jordan, um, Tommy, last month, I don't think I've told you this, 1.4 million GCI in a month. Did he do? I, I wasn't aware of that. So we're talking about the month of uh, October. October. In fact, I think I'll be specific. 1.34 million, I think, was the specific result. But um, 1.34 million for Alex Jordan. Scotty Peterson, who will also be at Master yeah. tomorrow. Uh, he did an auction last month where he cleared $20 million in one day in Orange, which is a beautiful part of the world. But for most people that know anything about rural um, East Coast Australia would know that Orange is not a, sort of a glamorous, it's not Double Bay, it's not South Yarra. Um, it's it's just a beautiful country region. And um, Scotty, that we'll see tomorrow, did $20 million. So, And don't worry about the big numbers. The message is if if... The properties, and we're going to talk in a minute right now, I think this will be a segue into it. Um, If your properties are correctly listed, correctly managed, correctly priced, they will sell in this market as well as they sold in any other market. So Tracy was just a good example there of a 20 20 million and 5,000, actually. It was one bit over the 20 million. So um, I think today, the Savo guys, um, we're going to have a bit of a chat because there's about like five weeks or so, Troy, maybe until most people are going to bump you off for Christmas. And it's it interesting because I was coaching one of our agents the other day and I'd done on our own internal webinar, Tommy, I'd done a 14-point checklist and we can sort of add talk about that. You know, and I just said, you know, how many of the 14 points have you been through with your listing? And I went through and even though they'd watched the webinar and, I'd coached them before, they'd only done five of the 14. And I said, well, we better get real and get onto the other nine because there are things you can do to shift your listing. So, you know, we can talk a bit about that. But, Tommy, over to you first because I know you've got a few ideas and insights about, you know, what do you think agents should be doing right now to get whatever they've got listed sold before Christmas? Okay. So the first thing is, and I'd love to get the feedback from the McGrath Network, but... It was the spring that we were expecting never came in September, but there is a bit of a rush of stock that seems to have come. Now, Troy, you're across all the auctions and you see volumes. Is that reflected yep. in, in McGrath? Have you, have you seen there's a rush of properties end, end November, December? Yeah, and, Tom, like I was on the back of what John was just saying, um, I actually had another eight auctions that that day on Saturday and I was 100% for those eight auctions. And John, Eight out of eight. Yeah, the interesting thing was that we were actually multiple registered parties above four. So the, the lowest number of parties we had was um, three on the day, but the average was about four or five for each one of those auctions. Whereas two weeks ago, Tom, you would know this, two weeks ago, we were getting one, one and a half registered parties in New South Wales. 
So to see that spike, it's actually there is a bit of a rush and that's translating into more bookings this week for the tail end of December. That's that's gold. Yeah. So essentially what we're saying is that today being the uh, 7th of November, um, I think I think people should should not be thinking 20th November is Christmas. It, it appears that people are going to be auctioning real estate on the 10th of December and it doesn't look like it's going to be a sparse day. It's going to be like, like it's a full day and it wouldn't surprise me if people are even doing work till the 17th of December. So yeah. I'm going to throw one thing that I think is the most useful thing. If you're an agent right now and you want to finish the year strong, I would suggest that your yearly summary calls to your most important clients and to anyone in your pipeline is probably the most useful thing that you can do. It's a simple five-minute call to say, this is the time of year. I like verbally to say hi, but at the same time, to give you a summary of what happened in this turbulent year and what we think may happen early in the new year. And during this conversation, apart from touching with people and having a you know voice-to-voice conversation, you're also finding out where they are on the spectrum. Are they potential people coming onto the market? And if they are, you could actually talk about the concept of the pocket listing, which is list now, launch later. And it's just such a good feeling to be able to sign up stock, know that you're going to be launching before everyone else does. And there's an increasingly group number of agents around the country who do soft launches of properties on Boxing Day. So they don't, they're just actually on the 26th, this stock shows up saying coming soon because they know that the, 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 the Australian public are often on holidays looking at realestate.com and domain when they've got a bit of time. So I'd be doing that. The third thing I'd be doing in November is using the concept SPR, significant price reductions to sell before Christmas. I think there's, and when I mean by SPR, you know, to sit there and say to a client saying, listen, we might have to realign your value by 10% to bring closure by Christmas, but that actually might end up becoming a lot more attractive than 20% if things were to get worse in the new year, which we we know the unknown. So I think I think they're great things to be doing. I know a lot of clients will end up doing a VIP movie night to thank their clients at the end of the year. I know a lot of clients you know, particularly in family-based areas, have various things like Santa letters. Some people break bread with their shot callers, their influencers. But there's so many things that you could be doing um, between now and the 15th of December. Over to you guys. I'm going to hand over to you, Troy, to throw a few out there, but I'll just make a comment along the way. Tommy, I was speaking to Anthony Michael from realestate.com, who's a fantastic guy and he's our account manager, does a great job. And he was telling me that the algorithms reset. If you if you reduce a price on REA, for example, by 5% or more, it has a significant effect in terms of it resends it out to the database and you get you often get a fresh or you get a second go at a lot of people that had seen the property first time around. And so he was saying exactly what you just said. If it's if you're not reducing it by 5%, it's almost why bother. If you're going to reduce it by between five and ten, you are going to get an instant hit mm-hmm. onto that. Um, and and there's two products that that are on ours. One of them I think is called Listing Bump, Troy. Um, and, I'm, and I think it depends what subscription you're on, but a Listing Bump and a realestate.com second e-brochure that are both available for post, 
if you pass it in. So make sure, because I mentioned that to a few of our best agents, they actually didn't even know about it, even though they're great agents with a damn good product knowledge. They didn't know about that. So whether you're, whether you're with Domain or REA, make sure you speak to the portal and say, is there anything you have available for a relaunch, for a re-auction, for a post-auction to support us? See what they say. Troy, over to you. Can I, and John, just on that, yeah. John, I just want to touch, um, because it has happened to me with REA, just get, please don't go off and say, I heard on MDA that this is the deal I'm, I'm entitled to because it has happened to me in the past. But they have, got various, they have got various arrangements for various types of listings and for various clients depending on their spend. So I think the question, John and Troy, is what have you got available for us during the summer months that can actually uh, help us have stock on there? Um, but you get the gist of it, yeah. Troy. Yeah, two things. REA has a huge amount of data around traffic that goes through their site and domain would be exactly the same. So when we talk about listings going live in on Boxing Day, um, it's really important to have all that information when you're going out and talking to those clients. Tom, I love the idea of the pocket listing. I love the idea of the soft launch. The one thing I would say to everyone listening, make sure that you're getting all the assets done now while there's bookings still available. Don't wait until December because you may miss a photography, a copywriting, a floor plan appointment. So when you're wanting to send that out, especially over the summer months when people are at home and looking through their portals and, and contacting agents, especially in lifestyle locations, you want to have assets that you can send them. You don't want to have nothing there and then that may be rolling over until late January. So try and get all that information done now and that sets you up for a really successful end to the year but also a great start to the year. Um, the other one I like now is about... When you are talking to pipeline clients, Tom, you're talking about doing the summary call of the year, make sure that you're doubling down on the results. Like you just heard from John, Tom and myself about some of the results that we've seen over the past two weeks. So the speed to market right now for, uh, for agents talking to their pipeline has never been more important. Um, the listings you get now, you can still sell them by the end of the year. There's six weeks to go. There's a lot of deals that are wanting to be happening. There's a lot of buyer activity. On average, I saw four to five at each one of my auctions. And I would say that a lot of the auctioneering fraternity probably saw something similar in those metro areas. So what are you doing and what's your speed to market strategy around listings coming on the market, but also talking to those pipeline clients that you may have spoken to two or three months ago? Well said, Troy. Well said. And and if they don't get quickly, they might not get an auctioneer like gets out of eight out of eight, Troy, isn't it? I'll have to get someone that gets <laughs> Listen, I think oh, I was just lucky. I think I was lucky. The properties were pretty cool. <laughs> the properties were I'm going to add a few before we go. So the five, certainly the 5%, you know, talk to your vendor about the benefit of a material price reduction. It's going to alert and get the attention of buyers will far compensate the the price it reduced by increased attention and that could then lead to some sort of a competitive tension so that's number one number two is so many people that pass properties in and then i look at their listing and it says price on request or contact agent i'm thinking why, why are you making it hard for the buyer to buy the property put the price what can they buy that what is it for sale if you're embarrassed by the price go back and speak with your client uh, next one um, Social media, we're, we're having some great great results at the moment with social media. A $500 or $1,000, go back to your vendor, say, look, I know you've spent $8,000, but I think if we can, we can, you know, we've got all the sales collateral, we've got the photos, we've got the floor plan, I suggest another $1,000 in, in social media could well uh, get us a new set of buyer interest. Um, 
has a whole team seen it? Again, one of the listings that I spoke to one of my colleagues about, there were people in the two adjoining offices that were nearby that hadn't seen the listing. Mm. And I said, get on the phone, make it easy. Just say to them, what time can I meet you there? You know, this could be, who knows? So make sure either in your office or in your network, make sure every single agent has seen the, uh, the property. Another one, consider changing agent. Now, I'm talking about internally here. Sometimes you get stale on a property. Mm. There, that You know, like hopefully you don't, but some agents, they feel they've heard that much negative feedback about it. Sometimes bringing in someone that's got a bit of a different energy and a new perspective, bringing them in um, to either to, to take it over or to get involved with you can really help. Um, you know, sometimes should you auction it or re-auction it? Maybe you say to the vendor, look, I know the auction that we did in September or October didn't get the result, but we've now learned about, you know, the pricing and I think we could perhaps re-auction it before or after Christmas. Have a look at those things. So they're just a few little things there, Troy, that I think on top of that. The answer is there's always a few more things you can do to help your listing sell. Just make sure that you, you are doing everything possible, price, presentation, marketing, energy, they're the key things. Open it this weekend. If it's not open, open it. If you've got a full dance card, get someone else to open it. The easier you can make it for people to get through and buy it, the better. So anyway, in mastery tomorrow, I think a lot of our mastery people we listening will go into that a bit more detail on some of these as well. But um, other than that, we've got one more before we finish, Tommy, for the year. Yep. We're going to yep. yep. we have one more. And then, Troy, you and I are going to make sure that we've got a podcast coming out 50 weeks of the year. We won't do 52. We'll go We'll go 50 weeks of the year. It's going to be, uh, it's going to have this nice authentic format. Uh, it might be a little bit more structured. It won't be scripted. Um, and uh, we're committed to supporting an audience that uh, wants to hear from us. It's also, by the way, ONFM. I've never, Manos Vindicarkas, I heard him say it to me once. He said, on FM. And I said, what's that? He said, October, November, February, March. He said, look at the sales, look at the listings, and you'll notice they're heavily weighted October, November, February, March. This is the time to be at your highest standard. Mental-wise, um, uh, your listing presentation, your prospecting, everything's got to be at its best because every month is not equal in real estate. Some months are more heavily weighted uh, for a real estate agent. So, uh uh, we're going to have another podcast before before we break up. And um, uh, John and Troy, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow in person at uh, the Deck House in Woolwich, where we've got our great group of mastery. And to everyone, uh, um, I hope that, uh, yeah, uh, cr- Christmas doesn't start this month. It starts next month. Have a good uh, next four or five. See you, team. See you, See team. you guys.